I, I really just don't know what I'm supposed to do with these VC. Uh, uh, VCR. VC. <laughs> VCHR. No. I have 25 V. <laughs> no, uh, th that the neighbor gave us because like I want to watch them, but I also don't have a VCR or a time machine, so I'm kind of. I don't know what I'm supposed to do with those. They look great on that shelf over there. Yeah, one of them's Battle Royale, and the other one's Buy and Sell. Sell is S E L L. I watch S C C E L L. Like yes. a cell, like cell block. Did it? Nailed it. Wow. Uh, yeah, I saw Battle Royale <laughs> on YouTube. I saw a ripped version, and it was really like the camera angle was off because of how someone had uh, ripped it, and like it was really dark. And I have no idea if the film is actually that that dark i don't think it is because i think you're supposed to actually be able to see what's going on well whenever i acquire a vhs player we'll watch them those are called vcrs vcr it's been so long i can't remember what they're fucking called <laughs> Anyways, this is episode 81 hello and welcome i'm austin proctor your host and that is gabrielle proctor your other host and she's gonna burp real quick hold on Hi, I'm Gabby. Hi, maybe, maybe how are you? Welcome, welcome to the show. Wow, like a, things like a, I never say. I sound like a Muppet. <laughs> this is Kermit the Frog. Stop burping. I hadn't even done it the first waka, time. Waka, waka. That just sounds like Kermit. Kermit just making fun of Waka, Fozzie. waka. Oh, That's boy. That's what you sound like. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyways, we are doing some Valentine's Day themed horror. Speaking of puppets, no. What? Anyways. Uh, one of them is blatantly a Valentine movie. The other one is more of a um, story about love. Yeah, it's a story about love. Love, so, loss, and overcoming obstacles, and a lot of death too. Because I said in, loss. In 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 death comes in love. I don't even know what I'm love, saying. Love, loss, and overcoming obstacles. I covered the whole thing. I just want everyone I to be clear. The whole thing. There's a lot of gore involved along with the love. I will tell them about that when we get. You to will it. tell them about that. So. I will. I'm excited because we are doing. I don't want to. Okay, I guess I, you don't want me to give it away. So I just accurate. We did. You know, we did one last year. Me and Corey. We did four movies last year, but we obviously cut the format down to two. Uh, and I tricked you, kind of, sort of, with how we did this one we did. unintentionally. Oh my god! Now I'm burping. Uh, unintentionally <laughs> because I picked out one because again, it's like it's like one of the few remaining Valentine's horror movies that we can review. And then I said, what about this one, too? Because this isn't really a Valentine's Day story, but it is about love. And you were like, yeah, cool. And I was like, cool, that's your movie. And you're like, wait, and wait, no, I've been bamboozled. Pretty so, much. Yeah, I didn't mean the to do that. The thing that happened. But yeah, you said, I recall you saying specifically bamboozled or flim flam or some weird word. I can't remember. Would have been Probably bamboozled. I'm going to go. Perhaps. Hoodwinked, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't. Sorry about that. You, you'll it's pick the next one because you're on the next episode. Yay, I did it. What's what's the next episode? Oh, you don't, you want me to tell the next episode, but I can't even talk about the fucking movies okay, that were. Okay, you tell me later. Oh my god, I I'm just gonna give you the sheet that's downstairs. I'm gonna email it to you. And then I'm just gonna still then you're gonna, then you're anyway. gonna lose it. And then exactly. Oh my god. You Thank and, God we figured this out. You and Corey, man, every, you guys are both always like, "What's the next one?" I'm like, "I fucking what are told we doing you. now?" <laughs> I told you already. God. And then what? No, it's fair. It's fine. It is fair because I will forget what episode we're on every episode, pretty much. So that's true. He looks so, it up right before the episode starts. Like every right as I hit, episode. right as I hit the music, I'm like, "Fuck! What episode are we He's on?" Like, ah! And they'll ask me like I have any idea. Yeah. So. Which is cute that you think I know. 80, 81 episodes in, and I and I still have, don't have my shit together. But I mean, that is the you know um, the uh, I don't know the good part. Did we come podcast. up with a good idea for the hundredth episode? You did. Did I? 
Yeah. Because I you you mentioned it on one of the like most recent episodes, and then I said that's a great idea for the hundredth episode. And you're like, way to give it away. I'm like, I, I don't. What did I say? I don't remember. Sounds great. I don't remember. I will okay, have well, to go we'll back check and it. listen. <laughs> <laughs> oh 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 oh! It's the uh, Frightmares hundred movies to see before you die. Because we were talking about. Oh, the... don't tell people. God, they've already heard it. What are you talking about? Um. Uh, <laughs> anyways. Uh, as always, before we get to the movies, I do want to say... Movies. <laughs> I'm going to kill you, I swear. We finally saw St. Maude. Fucking whoop, whoop. So excited. It was everything I wanted, but uh, completely different at the same time. Because I was kind of... You know, when a movie has... You've been waiting for a movie, and what you like build it up and build it up in your head. Like, this is going to be hereditary level of chaotic. And it was... I mean, it's definitely A24. That is like the that's probably like the most A24 movie I've seen, like ever. Yeah. It's so A24. Uh, but yeah, it was just much um not as crazy as I thought, much more subtle. You know what I mean? Yeah, for me it wasn't um I can barely hear you. It well, you're super loud, so I'm always well loud. now I can hear me way too good. Okay. Um it wasn't hereditary level for me because yeah. hereditary midsummer midsummer are on their own thing but it definitely had that um vibe where someone's experiencing something except they did it in a whole different way and you really never know what's really going on and i thought that was really interesting the main actress who played maude in it was very well done she She, got a wild name does she keep talking i'm going i'm going to find it well, I know when we were watching it, it was bugging the crap out of me that I didn't know the actress who played Amanda, who was the terminally ill woman that Maude's taking care of in the film. And I was like, I know I know her face. Why do I know her face? And it was because she had no hair. But as soon as you said Pride and Prejudice, I'm like, oh, it's Elizabeth Bennett from the uh, BBC version. So They, they say uh, her name is Morphide Clark. M-O-R-F-Y-D-D Clark. So morph- morphid. Bitchin' name. Morphide. It's like mortified. That's, you shall that's, name a child that I was going to say, that is the name of our child. Man or woman, I don't care. Morphied. Both. Mortified. Yeah, so if I could... Comp- okay, if I can compare it to another A24 movie, it would... If you see, I know you haven't seen this, but anybody who's listening, if you've seen First Reformed, uh, it's it's very similar to that because it's also a religious horror movie as well, just like First Reformed is. That is uh, that's That one is with Ethan Hawke, and he's a priest or something like that. So it's very similar to that in the in like the sense of it's just like how the story is being told and also the fact that, again, that it's religious horror. But uh, I gave that one a four and a half out of five, mainly because uh, once you once I, you know, because that was a movie you walk out of like, OK, open to interpretation. Let me go to the Internet and you find out what really is going on, because sometimes I have to look that shit up. I was like, oh, my God, that was a fucking brilliant movie. And also the ending scene was one of the most horrific things I've ever experienced. I was very uh, shocked and odd. It's just, wow. It was wild. That's yeah. What, that's what right happened. Right up to the last second. It is a very slow burn movie, literally and figuratively. You will see what I mean when you see it. Yes. Without really giving too much away. But excellent performances all, all the way around. Really enjoyed it. Yeah. Would, would, would recommend. Would see again. Two thumbs up. Thank you, Enzion, for showing that. Because we couldn't see it at AMC because AMC did that thing where... They kept saying they were going to do it and then didn't do it. Yeah, they had it on the freaking app all the way up until the date was supposed to come out. I check it every day, and then the date's supposed to be released. They took it off the app, and I'm like, AMC, uh, stop playing with my heart. 
Don't go breaking my heart. What's that song? Was it? Yeah, you did Don't it. Don't go breaking my heart. Yep. Couldn't if I tried. Yeah, yeah. Sunny, and, Sunny and Cher, you did it. That's Sunny and Cher. Yeah. Is it really? No, wait. That's, I don't think um, so. That's Elton John and Kiki. 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 Oh fuck, that's gonna. I don't think you're right. Shit out of me. I don't think you're right. Who the fuck is Kiki? Well, I, I can't think of her last name. Coco Chanel. That's a designer. Are you sure? That's how you don't. I don't know a lot about things like that, honestly. I, I know... Kiki D. Kiki D? Yeah. What a weird name. Which is funny, because I was like, her name starts with a D. No, I was already there. D.D. Key. Kiki Wow, that's all. Okay. Sorry, I'm thinking of the um, other. I'm confusing two separate songs right now. The other other. Apologies, everybody. I knew better, and I said wrong um, one more note on St. Maud. I, I uh, DM'd Rose Glass on Instagram because she, uh, she was very accessible. Really, only had like 3,000 followers. And I was like, hey, you should be on my podcast. But she hasn't responded yet. It's okay. I'm not sad about it. I mean, I have an artist I talked to over a month ago, or I messaged over a month ago to ask about whether or not she was selling any of her artwork because she doesn't have it listed anywhere whether or not she does. With most, most people, they'll Moch. say like no sales or something. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, she never answered me, so I was like, okay, cool. I will take, though, I, and I said this on the last episode because I kind of went off. I was kind of upset because I don't like when people read my, you know, read it and then don't say anything. I don't know. To me, it's just kind of like a dick move. You know what I mean? Like, either read it and say no thank you or maybe just don't read it at all. But, like, when someone literally, I can see that you read the message and I don't get anything. I'm just like, but what did I do? <laughs> Why aren't you talking to me? Did I offend you? Yeah, that's why I turn my read receipts off at work. Well, because this, you can't on Instagram, though. Yeah, no, I I said at work. At work. At our job. You have when re- there are people who will at there's a way you can set up your, your email so that way people will um they're supposed to uh it'll prompt you to respond. Oh, did you read this? I'm like not even gonna remotely respond to that. Like, why would I say yes? I've read it or no? I haven't. Like. I get those nope. on occasion from like six months ago. They're like, hey, they read your message on, you know, whatever, 2020. And I'm like, that was so long ago. Why did you just respond to that? Yeah. Weird times. Weird times. Whatever. So fingers crossed that uh, maybe maybe she'll head us back. Like, we're Rose Glass, St. Maud. I don't know how to interview you. You're a biggest star. <laughs> uh, uh, and that was her uh, debut, too. Directorial debut. Solid debut. Solid as fuck. So uh, let's get to... The main event here, and you can take it away with the first movie. So the first movie we're talking about is Tammy and the T-Rex, originally named Tanny and the T-Rex. Um, they changed the title, but did not, in fact, edit the film to accommodate that Just in some parts, which was name. bizarre. Um, it was rated PG-13, but they did later release a um, an uncut version with more violence in it. They had to cut out several scenes to get it down to a PG-13. And the runtime is an hour and 22 for the theatrical and an hour and 30 for the uncut. It is a comedy sci-fi, but um, because it was on Shudder and because there is a sufficient amount of gore for the film, we still qualified it under the horror brain, uh Umbrella well, there. You know, and we do, we also do talk sci-fi as well. Horror sci-fi kind of go hand in hand, you know what I mean? So. I knew you were going to say that. I'm sorry. Couldn't just let me. Couldn't, what? Couldn't just, just, what? Couldn't just let me say horror umbrella. You had to tell them we do the sci-fi. The horror umbrella. Umbrella. Like that. Wow. That's, that's, ta- that's taken in a different direction. That might get people confused. Let's not Horbrella. go. Horror umbrella. It's still not as good. Still not good. 
Email us. Let us know what you think of Horrorbrella. <laughs> Slide in my DMs, please. No, that sounds worse. Don't do that. Anyways. Um, all uh, right. It was released on December 21st, 1994. A Christmas gift to us all. Christmas instant Christmas classic. Set in the summer, but let's not talk about it. It was directed by Stuart Raffle, who pretty much did nothing you've ever heard of. So <laughs> shout written. out to him. He is now getting talked about. This is actually a pretty big cult classic. Um, well, ever since Vinegar Syndrome recut it. Yeah. And uh, Red Letter Media has done a review on this, too. And they're a pretty big um, online review site. I have to show you some of their videos. They're too funny. What, what is it? Red Letter Media. Uh, my brother, okay. like, watches them a lot. They do huh. all the store, all the Star Wars movies. And it's so funny. Um, Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I'll have to show that to you. But they do a best of the worst, and this is one of those ones that made it on there, like the worst movies. Oh god, it's so good, but it's yeah. like because it's so bad. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a it's a real cheese fest. Oh, it's so um, great. It is starring Denise Richards, who you may or may not have heard as as the uh, character Tammy. I don't know why I said that like that. Sort of as Tammy or Tammy, depending on what you're looking at. Uh, she was also in The World Is Not Enough as Dr. Christmas Jones and in Starship Troopers as Carmen, the one of the main I, two. I'm, oh, my God. You what? Stop talking to me. I'm sorry. Um, one of the two main ladies in that film. Uh, then you have Theo For, uh, Forsett as Byron, the sassy gay friend. He's also only done... Um, one other movie called Street Night where he played Runner and then he is strictly TV after that. Probably my favorite character besides the T-Rex. Yeah, he was a <laughs> weird uh, balance between sassy gay friend but not too sassy. He wasn't like 100% sassy. He was just sassy enough. I think the sassiest thing he did was when he threatened to scratch somebody's eyes out. Like, I'd say he'd had about 76% sass, which yeah. is like perfect. That's like the right amount of sass. Yeah, because sometimes for some reason it's like... Why was it in the 90s, if you were gay, you were a raging queen and there was no stopping you? Like, why is there no in-between? Gay pride, man. Apparently, it's like gay pride cranked up to 100. Turned because, to um, 11. as we all know, the gay community, always at 100%. And you know what? They deserve it. Okay? <laughs> they deserve that. They, they to are... be at stereotypically. No. They are, at, like, to be at 100%. Like, I'm saying, like, they deserve that. Oh, wait. I'm just, wait. I'm saying... Hold on, hold on. Let's back up. Let's I think you've up. gotten confused. I'm got, saying they're always confused. at 100% sassy gay in films. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> that's... Okay, that's not what I meant. Somebody has misunderstood the question. I have. I have. I'm going to retract that. I don't even... Okay. Not what I meant. Apologies. <laughs> and then um, the very unknown Paul Walker as Michael. He was in a minor role as the T-Rex. And uh, he was also in a lot of those Fast and the Furious movies. You may or may not have heard of them. They've kind of got like this underground following. Enjoy my joke. <laughs> Tubbin as Helga. She was in Napoleon Dynamite as Eileen. And Midway as... I think I meant Irene. Let me double check that. Keep going, sorry. Irene? Okay. And... Midway as Admiral King's secretary, which is a weird... Oh, I know. I understand what that says now. And Terry Kaiser as Dr. Walkenstein, because Frankenstein was already taken. He was and, also uh, in Weekend... And preoccupied. At, yeah. He was also in Weekend at Bernie's as Bernie Lomax, which is kind of amazing. And Friday the 13th, Part 7 as Dr. Cruz. So the... What? 
I'm just I can't. You I don't, stink face. Can't even can't even find this person. Hold on, I gotta go. Where look is this she? Up. Go look up her name. What's her name? Napoleon. It's Dynamite. right there. Ellen I'm, Dubin. Wow. Um, the budget for this was a million dollars estimated. Uh, they definitely stretched that dollar for dollar. And absolutely no idea how much this film grossed. Do you want to scroll down there a little bit? Oh, I think she was that daughter, or the mother of the. Yeah, she was the. Oh yeah, she was um, Trish. Trish's mom. Trish. Trish. Yeah, she was Trish's mom. It took me like four hours to do the shading on your upper lip. You know, you go into the dance with that boy. It's probably the best thing I've ever drawn. Okay, we're done now. Um, movies that came out around the same time: Dumb and Dumber, Little Women. Richie Rich, Legends of the Fall, Street Fighter, and The Jungle Book live action, which, by the way, if you have not seen, you should see. Did you say uh, the budget? Yes, you okay. weren't paying attention. I was looking up Eileen. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've actually never seen that Jungle Book from 94, I don't it's think. It's really good. It's got the guy, um, the main guy from Street Fighter in it as Mowgli. Oh, that's funny because... Oh, and not Street Fighter. Oh, uh, Mortal, like, Com- Mortal Kombat. Like, what the fuck? What are the odds of that? The, guy, the main guy from Mortal Kombat who plays, um, I can't think of his name. He's the main Asian guy whose name I cannot think of off the top of my head. And Sam Neill's also in it. Oh, Carrie Yules is in there, too. Oh, my God. Carrie Yules is Jason in Scott it. Jason Scott Lee. He's Mowgli. That's it. I knew it was Jason. Oh, my What's... God. John Cleese is in this, too? But what is the girl's what? name in that? Which girl is in it? Oh, it's Cersei from uh, Game of Thrones. Lena Hetty? Yes, and she was also Mama in uh, Dread. Kitty. Uh, oh, yeah. That's so it's that a... Is. Solid ass. All cast. right, so we'll be plan, watching that. Plan. We're gonna dub dub feature the '94 Jungle Book with the 2016 Jungle Book because that also is a star-studded cast. Okay, that seems fair. Um, and it was. Done, I already know which one's my favorite. And it was directed by John Favreau. He also did the Lion King live action, so just let that simmer there. Okay, this has, dude, so this has a seven-four. Back on track. Sorry. Imagine you are in a world. Did you say the body count? No, because I'm getting to the film. Let me talk about the plot. <laughs> you totally ruined it. <laughs> that was a rewind. <laughs> it go. sounds like you're gurgling underwater. Where's the There we go. Okay. So imagine a world where death no longer has meaning. Because that is the world that Dr. Walkenstein sees. (laughs) He has been blessed with access to an animatronic T-Rex, which subsequently is how the film got made because that's the director. Oh my God, shut up. I'm going to fight you. I can't hear you. You're ruining my pitch. Uh. So now I'm lost. The animatronic dinosaur. That's why they he made has the an movie. animatronic dinosaur, and currently is being controlled by computer by a guy who plays Isaac in Children of the Corn, who was apparently 26 when he filmed that. That's the point. So he has decided he is going to acquire a brain, so that way this T Rex no longer needs someone controlling its movement, but can move on his own. And then everybody will want in on this. Everybody will want their own animatronic dinosaurs. And if you haven't figured out that maybe this isn't the greatest idea ever, you're not listening. But elsewhere, at high school, (laughs) Tammy 
is having a why are you laughing so much you're so into this i love it is having a clandestine meeting with michael her would-be boyfriend and he presents to her a beautiful yellow rose which she then rejects even though she has been flirting with him and is clearly in a relationship with him because if someone unknown sees it that person will absolutely kill michael come to find out it's Tammy's psycho ex-boyfriend who has a restraining order, is clearly very unsure of what a restraining order is or does. And he shows up at that exact same moment, gets into a fisticuff situation with Michael, where they end in a, I guess, a Mexican standoff, but like with dicks. It's a cr- yeah, I was going to say, it's like a crotchican standoff. Crotchican, sure. Crotchican standoff. Wow. So now we know that Tammy has a psycho ex. Michael got his ass beat at the same time as this guy did. And for some reason, faked having um, or hurting when the guy grabbed his junk, even though he was wearing a cup. Weird move. Whatever. So later that evening, Tammy, who's feeling very bad about the whole situation, calls Michael over for a little late night rendezvous at her house. And while Michael is climbing the trellis, two of her ex-boyfriend's cronies happen to drive by and spot him. So they call the ex-boyfriend and he is pissed. So he shows up and the parents see or start to hear something outside. So they go to the window and they see it's the ex-boyfriend. And they're like, oh, um, we should call the cops then. And the dad says, no, we're not going to call the cops. I can take care of this myself. And by take care of it myself, I mean, he just lets every single person into the house. Like I'm talking 10, 10 kids just blow right past him. No problem. And Michael has to haul ass for his life. Well, in the middle of running away, they catch up with him, throw him in a trunk and then drive him out to a wild animal reserve where apparently all wild cats are allowed to roam together Because that's how that works. And they dump him off in front of a lion who then mauls him to death. I think what's impressive about this, though, is how quickly Michael seems to heal when he is shown later in a coma in the hospital with not a single scratch on his neck where he was primarily mauled. In fact, there's not a single scratch on him. I think he's got like a band, like a bandage over his head or something. No, he didn't. I mean, like he didn't even have the bruise on his eye anymore. It was gone. Well, you know, it's not a perfect movie. Okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so Tammy comes in and um, to see him and, She's crying and she's so upset. And then her ex-boyfriend shows up and tries to act like he totally didn't put this kid or get this kid put in a coma. So she shoes him off somewhere else. And um, then Dr. Walkenstein steps onto the scene, starts talking to another doctor because he has been called in for a consultation on this coma patient, who is Michael. And uh, he says, how long has he been in a coma? Been. 15 hours like well that's it for him there's no hope because you know it hasn't even been a day but you know he's a goner it's 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 over it's over game over all done nothing you can do about it uh, at this point so he goes in with his assistant who's 
dressed like she might be going clubbing later, but like with a doctor jacket. So it's fine. Um, they start distracting Tammy, talking to him about or talking to her about his family and his uncle is this guy who's just been drunk and passed out in a chair the whole time. So uncle Bob. good old Uncle Bob. <laughs> and they assess that he really doesn't have anyone that's going to give a shit because Uncle Bob is extremely busy being passed out. So drinking man, drinking's hard apparently for that guy. It's, it's, it's a lot it's of work. A, it's a full time job. Full time job. And so while they're distracting her, the his assistant, who is what is it, Helga? Helga, yeah. Yes, Helga. Dr. Walkenstein's assistant? Yes. Yeah, Helga. Helga. Unplugs um, Michael's line, so that way it looks like he's flatlined. <laughs> Dr. Walkenstein leaps onto his body to perform uh, CPR, which is interesting technique, and they declare him dead. Tammy is sobbing uncontrollably. Byron drags her off, and then they immediately take Michael's body and run off with it because they've decided they've got a good brain. And they are going to put that brain, the only place you can put it, into an animatronic T-Rex. Up your ass until, oh. Did you, were you going to say the uh, the thing about what happens when they're like on the gurney and stuff? Yeah, I wasn't there yet. Okay, I, just, yeah. I, just, I was just asking, I didn't know if you're going to say it or not. So on their way out the door, they are about to load him up and he springs up totally awake, as <laughs> coma patients often do. <laughs> And uh, they drug him repeatedly and punch him in the face once. <laughs> That's my favorite part. Yeah, Helga just... Boom! And she does... They don't even, like, long distance. She's, like, right next to him, standing over <laughs> him. She punches down at him, like, punch, clips his... Um, chin and apparently that's enough to knock him out i think that's my favorite movie logic it just across the board is how easy it is to punch someone and just completely like knock them out it doesn't it's work so like funny that because <laughs> i've i've like read things on it so many times where if someone punched you in the face like someone did a whole article about getting uh getting into a bar fight getting punched in the face and how long it took for their recovery and how they had to get their jaw wired shut and everything because they got hit so hard in the face and then like if or they got, get knocked out, though, right? But if they got, but it, yeah. Alternatively, if you got knocked out, anyone who's out for a longer than a couple of seconds, that's probably a brain injury. So yeah. whenever someone gets knocked out in a movie, like they would need to go to the hospital immediately. Yeah. So gotta love that logic. So they dissect his brain, which is a really spectacular scene where it's just they, they pop that the top of his head off like like you're cutting an orange open. They're just like it was pretty good though. It was, it was pretty good. Yeah, it was not bad at all. And they stick it into this bowl with a bunch of wires and um, dry ice and, and Gatorade green, and or like Gatorade and dry ice. I mean, it's a million dollar budget. They had to like <laughs> account for every penny. Okay. Um, I'm sure that was the punch bowl at the after party right. too. Hey guys, have some of Michael's brain, man. So they put the brain in there. Sorry, I'm very excited. And the T-Rex starts to come to life, but it's a little disoriented and it doesn't quite know what's going on. So they leave it for the night. They kind of power it down, but then it starts to kick back on. And Michael starts to realize what's going on. And what should be noted here is that at no point do they actually put the brain inside of the T-Rex. It is attached to a computer in this bowl. So apparently there's some sort of wacky telepathy science, which they have in no way addressed or um, explained how. How? Science. How? That's how. And 
but the rest of the film they say, oh, they put Michael's brain inside this T-Rex. No. So Michael busts out of there, squashes a guy flat like a pancake, rips another guy's head off. It's it's pretty spectacular. Not as spectacular, of course, as the long distance shots of him where he is essentially not ever making full contact with the ground because it's like a digital version of him walking. I think it uh, for, I don't know, 94. It, I don't think it was CG. I think it was how they used to do it back in the day where it was uh, overlaid. You know, like they. I, I think so. I, think I will it, show I, you the movie Caveman, which has Dennis Quaid and Ringo Starr. Oh boy. Yeah, and um, that superimposed. There we go. That's where I'm trying to think of. Sorry. Um, I want to. I do want to see that movie. Yes. Um, <laughs> that sounds but, terrible. But that's got claymation dinosaurs in it. Yes. And, and they are cavemen, and they speak like cavemen the whole time. I'm surprised they didn't go the claymation route. Well, I mean, probably because of the budget. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, but yeah, those those were some spectacular shots. Can I can I tell you one of my favorite parts when he was breaking out real quick? Yeah. When he is a dinosaur and he looked at his body, realizes what's happening and just like gets all angry. And then that's when he bursts out. He's like, I don't, is that, is that, I just, the, the look on the dinosaur's face because it pans over to the dinosaur and you can see this like second of realization of what's going on. And he's like, you can just, you can just hear Mike like, fuck, I'm a dinosaur. What do I do? Rip yeah. everybody to pieces. And there's a lot of like, um, dinosaur physics that come into play in this film that don't quite make sense like his arms are tiny because they're t-rex arms but somehow <laughs> there are times where he's like patting people like he um someone gets byron gets knocked over at one point and he helps him get back up and the like brushes his shoulder off and stuff and you're like the logistics make no sense but sure and every time he's walking and you're showing him walking it's always from like the chest up and he's always gliding. Oh, he's 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 on rollers, and then every time it cuts to his feet, it's just some dude These in like dinosaur feet yeah. where the feet aren't actually making full contact with the ground. <laughs> They're just kind of like the toes are tweaked up, you know, like Barney. Yeah, you can see that there's someone in there, you know, like there's it's someone wearing dinosaur feet, and yep. also the fact that I do love every time he does use the little arms when it, when it, you know because it zooms in on you know it's like his the head, and you can see the arms, and then it cuts back to a faraway shot. His arms are way back here, and you're like, did you just go go gadget those arms to? Pretty much, yeah. So good, so good. Um, so he is broken out. <laughs> he goes to find his lady love, Tammy. Somehow, even though she's totally freaked out when a T-Rex shows up to her um, bedroom Weird. above the garage, she's Weird. somehow he manages to get her from across the room and kidnap her and take her away. No logistics on how he possibly got in there unless she just walked over, climbed out the window, and jumped into his arms because... No physical way other than that. Science. Um, because, like, the window isn't even damaged. Just shit's knocked over. So she wakes up. She's totally freaking out. Through a series of wacky miming and charades, which she is real bad at. Yeah. Um, and he gets a yellow rose and gets her to put it together, including um, also using a bracelet that Michael had given her earlier in the film. Um, that he is Michael. She's like, you know Michael? And he's like, no, <laughs> I was I was just waiting for him to be like, oh, my God, fucking I like start talking like I'm Michael. You like fucking, 20 minutes later, this so is not dense. that hard. I mean, she had to be. There were moments where she was cackling for an extremely long time, but yeah. like no one had said anything funny. You're like, why are you laughing? It was so the much? 90s, man. It was a She's different like, time. <laughs> what? What? Nobody said anything. Where was the punchline? What happened? So she eventually figures it out. She is beyond thrilled. Oh, but he had gone to a party later that night. I apologize if I got the party happened 
before he went to that find was his a lady love. Great scene right there. So the party is um had one of the best lines in the film. So Tammy's there, as you often do after your boyfriend has just died, you go on a rager with Byron, her BFF, and her ex-boyfriend who tries to like drag her off to dance and she's like I don't ever want to see you again. What did she say? Oh, I wrote it down. I wrote it down. Oh, I don't want to see you for the rest of my life ever. And I'm like, uh, what? That was one word it's too many. Same thing. It's just kind of repetitive at that point. Yeah. yeah. That, that was so, that was the greatest line of the whole movie. Yeah. And she um, leaves because she's annoyed. He hooks up with one of his cronies. Um, cronies. <laughs> which is a really spectacular moment where they're making out in the car and he's... And... Um, the T-Rex kind of walks over, so you're supposed to be at his perspective, but you can see the camera crew in the reflection of the oh, car. No problem. Magnificent. Yeah, and there are some really spectacular C- uh, um, fails on the uh, the way they did the effects in the, that whole scene where, like, <clears throat> one guy's guts spill out, but you can still see the T-shirt behind the guts, so, like, no injury. He's just holding guts in his hand that like, lets them fall. You didn't want to just take the shirt off behind him, cover that in blood to maybe cover. No, all right, yep. you fucking roll. Plain all shirt. Right, tight. Probably chilly out. You don't want to freeze him. Right. Um, Jeez. Then another girl gets pulled up by her leg, and uh, except her leg is clearly on the opposite side of the T Rex's face because there's no way it would hold in her mouth. So it's just where you can't see it. So yeah. it's levitating next to his face. So, cause it's pr- she's probably hung up by, you know, like a, a wire. wire. And then one something. of the other characters, when he gets yanked up, um, by his head and shoulders, you can see the wire of He's him getting toes. lifted up. So, the sex scene was great though, man, fully clothed sex scene. Yeah. They, <laughs> that was great. Well, technically what she was wearing, they could have worked around. Um, he was, he wearing- was wearing a full <laughs> pair of denim pants. And those weren't even sort of unzipped or anything. Nope. And if they were, wow, you really want to do that around the zipper? Yeah. That's a bold move. It's risk risk taker right there. Really? Yeah. Um. So Michael beats some ass and murders a lot of people at this party. Uh, Byron interacts with him there and then he gets picked up and dusted off and all that. And he's like, okay, well, this is weird. So Byron runs off because he's still a T-Rex. I died so when, when, he, when he brushed the dirt off his shoulder. Oh, my God. It was beautiful. Oh, my God. So when Byron tells his dad, who's the sheriff, whose name is Sheriff Black. Yeah. Did we mention that? One of two. Byron and his dad are the only black people in this film. And his dad's name is Sheriff Black. Yeah. I was like, really, guys? Really? Any other name? Any other name? No. You had to go with. All right. Cool. That's what we're doing. Got it. Um, So. He tells his dad a T-Rex was there. No one believes him. And then you get what is a true indicator of the times, a wildly homophobic, unnecessary joke where uh, two of the other deputies who are there um, notice the sun and say, well, if you drop anything, make sure you don't bend over to pick it up. Because apparently it was totally okay to be homophobic and uh, vocal about it. In the 90s. Yeah, because at apparently. one point they even say, hey, yeah, we got your f- son. Like, like well, oh, they were really wow. going to say the F word. I mean, I'm glad they didn't drop it. That, that was cool that they did stop it. But like, why even include that? Like, don't even go to that length. If you're going to like suggest it, you might as well just say it at that point. Because it's like, really, guys? It, Do it we was, need to go there? Let's just not. It was unnecessary. But again, it's the 90s. So I, it's just weird that when you think about the 90s, like how like I say, okay, I'm not okay with it. But how okay everyone was with like doing that 
You know what I mean? It's just well, so it, weird. And it's like the 2000s where people would say like, oh, you're so gay. And like. Or like describe things as, as gay. gay. Yeah. yeah. And um, everybody I mean, had to have that conversation with somebody at some point where you're like, you have to stop saying that forever. Yeah. Just like well, people had to express to other people that saying the F word was a wildly inappropriate insult, even if you weren't saying it to a gay person, it's still a mean and hateful word. It's like, I mean, it doesn't have the same long history as saying the N word, but it's those. It's on the list of words. Just don't say it. Don't do it. It's once not I, hard once to say. I found out why they use that word to describe uh, gay people, like wh- like what that word meant, besides just a bundle of sticks, I was like, oh man, that's why that word means. So, okay, I understand now. Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> it's and not I, good. And I was like, oh my god, I yeah, don't say that word. Yeah, I think the only instance where someone had to explain to me that a certain word was like not okay is when I learned that saying um, someone gypped you was actually a oh um, yeah insult against gypsies because they were like known as thieves and are like oh so we're just perpetuating that stereotype so that gypsies will rip you off and you're like well, oh you, you told me about that and, and even the other day i was like i i feel like i got i was like shit i can't say that because it's not right it's not you know it's not politically poly- correct so i say i start saying cheated now instead of gypped because i didn't even think about that something you just grow up saying you don't really realize it until and it was and it's something i would have never thought of nope. until my sister pointed it out because someone else pointed it out to her and i feel like that's one of those ones where it's going to take forever to, for everybody to get it. Well, but, yeah, because you, you, you just don't realize. So, yeah, I'm glad you pointed that out to me because I'm like, yeah, I don't want to say that. I think you want to accidentally insult somebody because right. you didn't know. Anyways, welcome to the podcast about uh, terrible things to say uh, that you shouldn't what to say. to not say. So let's get back. <laughs> so anyway. Let's get back to uh, Byron. So after the deputies are done being homophobic, um, <laughs> we cut back to Tammy's house where Tammy's come back from being kidnapped by Michael somehow magically and um they talk to each other they both know what's going on so they what are you doing sorry i'm (laughs) i'm trying to not burp i'm gassy they decide to hatch a plan to get a um, body from the morgue to put michael's body into and while this is going on his brain into no to put his brain into sorry (laughs) i was like wait um said that wrong and while this is happening Dr. Walkenstein and his uh, lady love Helga over there. Oh, yeah. Who, by the way, is constantly eating. Like, I mean, literally every scene, she's eating something. That's like, a vibe. I just a random to. fruit or vegetable. <laughs> it's very bizarre. Smacking. And also, like, but, smacking as well. Like Oh, like, really aggressively. Wow, okay. You can never but um, they are trying to get the T-Rex back because while Helga feels like the people getting killed, their other, like, co-workers getting killed looks bad. Dr. Walkenstein says, no, look at this. It shows he's strong and powerful. Like, he pancaked a guy, and it's really beautiful because... Oh, that was such a great he, scene. Yeah, where she uh, she takes the body, the fake dead body, and rolls it <laughs> like like wrapping paper or a carpet or something. She I just starts like rolling carpet, it yeah. up. Like, and, lady. Um, that was really beautiful. I think we agreed that was like one of our favorite horror moments of the whole thing because it was so ridiculous. That yeah, that and then uh, for me it was the uh, when I think it was like one of the first kills when he just rips the dude's head off. I was like, oh, look at that! Oh, that's empty. Oh, I almost had a panic attack. That's how it's so easy to tip over. Okay. Anyways, yeah. So the but yeah, I, I do. I will agree. The the flat like a pancake rolled up scene was, was spectacular. That was that was yeah. Um. But so they are going out and they're trying to get the T-Rex. Well, they've made claim to it. 
Tammy saying, no, it's Michael. And the rest of the film after that is a kooky series of events and chases. And I don't want to give the rest of it away no, because no, it's no. just ridiculous. Wacky hijinks but, with animatronic dinosaurs. Which I will say, on top of the other ones we already listed, there is a really beautiful moment where Byron and Tammy are standing in front of the entrance to a barn and it's completely open. Mm, yep. No problem. Michael the T-Rex walks up and suddenly there are several large barrels of hay blocking his feet. Wait, bales of hay, I, not barrels. Ba I said bales. I thought you said barrels of hay. No, bales of hay. Bales of hay. Um, blocking his feet so you can't see them because you know he's an animatronic T-Rex. So that was really beautiful. Like, wow, look at how those magically appeared in 20 seconds. It It's a really fun movie. It's like watching... Um, don't make a stink face when I say this. It's like watching Earth Girls Are Easy, where it's very cheesy and ridiculous, but if you just want to watch a cheesy, ridiculous, fun movie, it's very enjoyable. Okay, see, that movie's so bad, it's bad. This movie's so good. <laughs> I'm fucking confusing myself. This movie's so bad, it's good. Earth Girls Are Easy is not so bad, it's good. It's hilarious, but it's just terrible. Like, I actually... First off, you shut your whore mouth. Whoa. Earth Girls Are Easy is a classic. Maybe I'm thinking of the wrong movie. Gina Davis, Jeff Goldblum, Jim Carrey. Oh, my God. Oh, wait. Uh, I don't know. Or like the purple, green, and yellow aliens. Or sorry, purple, yellow, and blue aliens, and they land in her swimming pool. I think I'm and there's the a wrong. bunch of unnecessary musical numbers for no reason. I think reason. I'm thinking of the wrong movie. I'm sorry. Anyways, yeah, this movie is so bad that it is really enjoyable. Uh, I, I can see why, though, that people didn't like it before the uncut version, because if there's no blood and gore in that movie, yeah, yeah that, would, have done that well. would be a shitty movie. Uh, so thank you to Vinegar Syndrome, who found the 35 millimeter print of the uncut original version and released it on Blu-ray and also, you know, Shutter uh, nabbed it as a Shutter exclusive as well. So thank you for that, because this is an unseen 90s fucking bucket of awesome Yep. I don't even know what that means, but yep. I'm very excited about this movie. It's definitely worth watching. Yeah. 100%. If you have Shudder. I've already recommended it to people. Oh, yeah. So have I. Uh, if you have Shudder, you can watch it there. If you don't have Shudder, it is five bucks a month. Our Shudder plug every time which, uh, every time on this podcast. Uh, yeah. Up until I, they sponsor us. Up until one day. And then we'll never talk about them again. <laughs> um. So let's talk ratings real quick because I gave it. I so this was gonna get a four, really, honestly, until the ending because the ending just got weird. And I mean, not like the movie hadn't been weird enough, but I feel like the ending scene with Tammy dancing around in her room. Um, Spoilers. Well, I'm not gonna say uh, for doing what. I'm just saying she was dancing around in her room. It just got kind of weird. I was like, you could have just it not. It could have ended five minutes you earlier. Just, yeah. So it got it got a three and a half for me because I fucking loved it. It was you know first of all no one's seen this, um, and it was good. I mean honestly good practical effects. Uh, but you know there were, there was some wonky bits and obviously it's it doesn't even make sense. But uh, it's got a four point nine on IMDb, three point one on Letterbox. So uh, Letterbox obviously has way more love for it than IMDb. But make sure if you, I mean, I think the only way you can watch this is just be sure you watch the uncut if you watch it because you don't want to watch the PG-13 version. Just saying. Yes. Accurate. Um, oh, there is also a body count of 10. 10 people, I, I believe, yeah. if my memory is serving me. Correct. So, trivia on the film. Here we go. To save on money, all the locations were filmed within 25 minutes of the director's house and... During the production, there was a big fire that destroyed a lot of properties nearby, so smoke can be seen in the background of some scenes. 
I wish I would have known that going in. Would have looked at smoke. And the script was written within three weeks. Moreover, the cast and location were taken care of within that same three-week period. I think I told you. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. And like I said, the only reason this film got made was because the director had access to an animatronic T-Rex. And where else do you go if not, you know, wacky sci-fi comedy teen movie? That's exactly what I was. That's what I'm about to say is going to pair with that perfectly. Because, yeah, I mean, I think my logic is, okay, acquire animatronic T-Rex. Two hours later, immediately start writing a script. And then while you're writing the script, like, all right, get these people in here. All right, cool. Did this in like a day and a half. All right, shoot it. Pretty much. Okay. Uh, yeah, I can't recommend this one enough. It is a wild, wacky 90s uh, gem that you just, you have to see if you've not heard of it. So. Absolutely. That is our one deep cut. You know, we try to do as many as we can. You know, hope, usually we try to do both of them. But, you know, when it comes down to Valentine's horror movies, not too many of them. So the next one we do, that we're doing, eh, we kind of have to do because we did the 80s one last year. So we did My Bloody Valentine from 1981 last year. So now we're going to talk about the remake from 2009. Same title, My Bloody Valentine. What? Uh, what? I thought this Not was My Bloody Your Valentine or My... Bloody My Valentine. That sounds Valentine. Dirty. Yeah, that's... Whoa. <laughs> Take that back. Uh, all right, let's go. Let's get some deets on this movie. So as I said, this is My Bloody Valentine from 2009. Rated R, runtime of 1 hour 41 minutes, and this was released on January 16th of 2009. This is listed as a horror mystery thriller. Uh, it was directed by Patrick Lucier or Lucier. I don't know how to, I don't know if you're French or not. If I don't know how to pronounce it. He also directed Dracula 2000. What, what? That gem of a We're movie. We're going to talk about that eventually. Don't worry, guys. I got it. Oh, you. yeah. Dracula 2000 and 3000. That's going to be an episode. That's going to be a weird episode. Oh, it's going to be great. And he also directed the Hulu Into the Dark movie that we reviewed recently called Flesh and Blood. So that's that's kind of fun that I didn't even realize that he did that. But that was actually a really good uh, Into the Dark one. No, that was the one with um, Dermot, Dermot Mulroney. Dermot McDermott. <laughs> no, that's Dylan McDermott. We're, it's ah! Dermot Mulroney. I always get them confused. I finally got it because I watched him in my best friend's wedding last night. And I was like, I can do this. I know his Derm- name. Dermot McDillon. Shit. <laughs> that reminds me of the fucking Family Guy bit. Every time. Or there's a bit that someone does where they, they, they keep getting See, I always confused. think about how you and I try to do Michael C. Hall and Anthony Michael Hall, and we can never do nope. the right one the first time. Goddamn people with your similar names. You cut that out. Stop it. Stop it. Uh, so this stars a man named Jensen Ackles. Uh, he is Tom. You may know him from a little show called Supernatural. I don't know. He's only in 320 Four, uh, so episodes. I was going to say 15 seasons. Oh, by the way, did I tell you this? That they're releasing that every season on Blu-ray from Supernatural on this big bundle for like $300. Yeah, we're, we're going to get that. Just ah! Some I, people were complaining that it was overpriced, and I'm like, it is 15 seasons. 327 episodes. You're basically paying a dollar an episode, yeah, which for, is the going rate for episodes. Dude, I paid 180 bucks for the Friday the 13th. I mean, granted, I did get like two posters and a whole bunch of goodies, but I mean, 324 bucks for 15 seasons of a show. That is that is a solid price. I mean, it does lull in some of the seasons, but I Doesn't really matter. liked how it picked up. And um, frankly, I just watched it for Jensen Ackles. Yeah. At that, a certain point, I was just like, I like seeing him do the whole... Well, Dean thing. Well, what's really cool is the fact that he was in this one, and then other dude, I can't remember his name, 
other star of Supernatural. What's Jason Padalecki. J- okay, I'm gonna get. I'm just gonna say Jason. He was in, ironically enough, the Friday the Thirteenth movie from 2009 as well. So I think that's kind of funny how both of them are in Supernatural for so long, and then they both did horror movies the same year. I thought that. I, I just thought that was a cool little tidbit of information. Uh, then we have Jamie King as Sarah. She was also in Sin City as Goldie and White Chicks as Heather Vandergeld, if I'm saying that right. We've got Kerr Smith as Axel. He was in Final Destination as Carter Horton and Dawson's Creek as Jack McPhee. And we have the most recognizable, well, I guess aside from Jensen Ackles, uh, the most recognizable face in this movie, Tom Atkins as Burke. You know him from the 80s, primarily, you know, Halloween 3, The Fog. He's done a lot of shit. Just uh, a couple of things. Fucking national treasure. Protect him at all costs. Uh, and then we have, fine, lastly, we have Kevin Teague, or Teague Hay. I'm not sure. I'm really bad with last names. As Ben, he was also in Another 48 Hours as Blake Wilson and Roadhouse as Tigleman. Tileman. Whatever that word is. Roadhouse. Roadhouse. Um, moving to the budget is a $15 million estimated budget. And this is what kills me about this movie because it's got bad ratings. I know why. We'll get to them. But this movie grossed $100 million. That is like Saw-level gross, like grossing. Because I think the first Saw was a million, and it grossed like 100-something. So that's a huge profit for this movie. Well, I told you. I had seen it in theaters, and I would mentioned how we had just rewatched it and to Heather yesterday. And she made this stink face that I was like, actually, it was a little better the second time. The 3D is terrible. But um, she she told me that I actually saw that it was me, her husband, Brandon, and Will. We, oh. The four of us actually went and saw it together in theaters. I think me and Spencer saw this one because this was about the time it, uh, we were at the movies uh, around this time working there as uh, ushers. But yeah, so the reason that this movie is frowned upon, apparently even you know when you mentioned it to your friend, she's had a scowl. That's hilarious. Is because... This is actually the first, and I'm, I'm getting to the trivia before what I'm supposed to, but whatever. This is the first R-rated film that was in Real D technology, so this is legitimately, like, well, I guess first R-rated horror movie. So, you know, they do some cheesy effects, you know, the, the stereotypical stuff flying at the screen and all that jazz. But if you watch it not in 3D, it's a much more... I don't know, much better experience. I pref- Except for some of the things that did not quite translate afterwards. Yeah, like, th- it was clear when some people were standing yeah. in a shot to be 3D. Yeah, so, and I know, we, I think we've talked about this a few times on the show, but it's, I just, I don't like that era of movies, and just movies in general, because we went through this craze of everything has to be in 3D, oh my God, and while I don't mind the animated movies to be in 3D, because it kind of just gives them some depth, I just, we don't, we don't. Like, if you're going to do it 3D, just don't do the gags. I mean, it's fucking 2021. And they We're do over 3D, the 3D movies gags. now where they where it's just an added layer to give it depth. Yeah. And the, okay, cool, but we don't need the, oh, it's coming right at me. Uh, that was like, cool in, dumb. like, the 80s, you know, when it was like, whoa, this is brand new. And but, it, those don't age well either, well, no. guys. You know, but, like, you know, 20 years later in 2009, you're like, um, can we just not, please? It's just that weird time where everything was fucking 3D. Anyways. Uh, so yeah, gross was, uh, a lot of money. I mean, that's 85 million bucks it made. Now movies that came out around the same time, we've got Bride Wars, we've got The Unborn, Hotel for Dogs, Notorious, that movie about Biggie, actually a really good movie, Paul Blart, Mall Cop, Underworld 3, Rise of the Lycans, Open Season 2, and The Uninvited. And I've only seen one of those in theaters, and it was The Unborn. And I've only seen one of those in theaters, and it was The Uninvited. We like to see unmovies. Un. Let me get to my notes. Here we go. Okay. So, 
correct me if I'm wrong because the opening confused me because I'm very susceptible to being You're confused. Wrong. What? Wow. Anyways, so we the opening credits of this movie or opening scene of this movie is like a bunch of it's like a montage of like news fucking clippings and people reporters and talking and shit. You're doing it. <laughs> and the gist you get from that is there was a mine collapse. Uh, I think it was five miners, six miners. I think number five. of miners. Yes. Let's say five. Four of them died. One survived. That survivor was Harry Warden, but he is in a coma. And we cut to a year later on Valentine's Day and a man in a hospital bed wakes up like and pretty is like bolt right up and just remembers what happens. Uh, and is like he remembers like um, so does it does it show Jensen Ackles in the beginning doing all that stuff? He's briefly in one of the clips. It, it's not till he woke uh, till Warden wakes up that they um, that's what that I'm saying. Remembers, but remember during the news clippings, they also say that a lot of the miners had um holes in their helmet like someone had hit them in the head with a pickaxe and they think that warden killed them to get to have more air but then when he wakes up here he remembers part of what happened yeah so i'll just give you the gist of what happened so we can get this ball rolling so jensen ackles uh who plays tom he is the son of the man who owns the uh mine and he was supposed to do something like flood the lines or flood the lines to you know that's what he was supposed to do. Apparently, he didn't do that. So he is directly responsible for the collapse of the mine. The and explosion that led the, to the sorry, collapse. the explosion that led to the collapse. Harry knows this. So you have this whole thing where he knows who did it, but you know, I don't think Jensen's taking responsibility for it. And then you have Harry who's being targeted as, oh, we think he killed all the people in there. So you've got everyone mad at Harry because they think he killed everyone. You got Harry mad at Jen- it's like this whole fucking clusterfuck of stuff. So once we get all that information, we see Harry wake up in the hospital, and boy, does he go on a killing spree. He kills, I think, 12 people. You don't see it. You just you see, you, you see the aftermath of, of them. Yeah, you see the aftermath when Tom Atkins comes in, because he, he plays a cop, when he comes in to look at the scene, and there's just all these dead bodies and blood and gore everywhere. So that's the, that's the pretty much the cold intro right there. And then once uh, after that, we cut to the mine. Where they're having like a party. I guess that's what you do in small towns. Bunch of youths Fucking having a party. Hip youths. In the same tunnel. Yeah, the same tunnel where all this happened initially. And uh, you've got, it focuses around four people. You have Axel, Irene, Sarah, and Tom. You're doing it. I'm doing it. So three out of those four people go into the mine because fucking YOLO. I don't, I'm really disappointed that I just said that. I'm so sorry. You, it should also be stated that Irene and Axel are a couple Oh, yeah, and Sarah, Sarah and, Tom. and Tom are a, are a couple. And Tom is um, Jensen Ackles' character, the one that was briefly brought up for um, not blooding the lines, yes. but all the focus went to Warden. Yes. Uh, yes. So three of them go in. Tom's like, you know, I'm, I'm just going to stay behind uh, because, yeah, bad scene. Not about it. He so said he, he's going to go get some beer. Is that what he says? Yeah. He's like, I'm going to go to the car and get some beer. She's like, are you sure you want to be here? And he goes, yeah, no, I want to be here. I want to be here. Yeah, right. So he goes to get some beer, and in that time, you have, like I said, let me plug this fucking computer in. Oh, my God, I don't know why I don't do this to begin with. I also don't know why you don't do this to begin with. I'm sorry. There we go. So, Jesus Christ, get the fuck plugged in. Anyways, so they're in the mine, being kids, and guess who shows up to the party? Yeah, you guessed it. Harry Warden shows up to the party and literally starts pe- picking people off. Pun, absolutely. I thought you were saying peeing on Pee- people. Starts peeing on people, R. Kelly he, style. He's getting weird. He's getting real fucking weird. So he starts picking people off, and again, pun intended. And uh, of course, somehow, the only guy to not go in the mine is the one that gets left behind. So Axel, 
Irene and Sarah leave because people are getting massacred with a pickaxe by some guy in a gas mask and a fucking helmet with a light on it and in a, a miner suit. And so they all get in the car and I'm pretty sure Axel sees Tom and is just like, you know what? Fuck you. We're leaving without you. Cause Tom gets left behind. Tom gets, uh, warden's basically blocking Tom's route out. Yeah. And, um, because when he went in, I guess he went down a different path. So when they're running out, he comes out too, and right. then he gets blocked, and you know Warden's already after him anyway. So Warden, you know, obviously Warden knows, you know, he's trying to he's trying to kill Tom, but unfortunately that gets cut off because Tom Atkins shows up to save the day, and they shoot uh, him and his partner. I don't know his partner is; he's not relevant. Doesn't matter. Guy who's with Tom Atkins. Tom Atkins sidekick. You know, whatever. So they start shooting at Warden. They hit him a couple times. Warden like staggers off, like oh god, that hurt, and then. Um, that's pretty much when it cuts to 10 years later. Like, okay, great. Already jumping ahead 10 years. And, and nobody's aged a day. Yeah, it's great. No one is a, like, I need what, whatever their regimen is and their, whatever they're doing, I need to, you know, practice that as well. I mean, Axel does look a little different because I that's think his hair they is got, longer. They gave them different haircuts. That's it. That's the whole thing that's changed. Okay, that's fair. Is they all got different haircuts, which apparently, and they made them dress older, but you know, that's <laughs> it. Okay, so we cut to 10 years later. Axel is now a sheriff of whatever town this is. I don't remember. And he's married to Sarah, who used to date Tom. And Axel is cheating on Sarah with, the, with his co-worker, Megan. So you got this whole love triangle drama shit going on. And Tom's coming back because his father died and he wants to sell the mine, which I'm not sure who Ben is. I assume he's a top level guy who whatever but yeah, i think he manages the mine he, he does something with the mine and ben's not happy about it because everyone in town's mad at him for selling the mine because everyone there's going to be people out of work and just all like all this commotion so it's your classic mining town situation apparently so uh later on we see tom he's going down to the mine to find ben to tell him okay you know what i don't want to sell i'm going to stay in town and that's because you know he doesn't want to say it but it's because uh, you know he met it back up with sarah and he wants to you know reconnect that old spark but uh it's a little too late there pal she's married to a douche canoe. And while he's down there, one of the workers, or just, he gets, oh yeah, that's right. He gets trapped in a steel cage. I don't remember. I think one of the work, the workers puts him in there because they're mad at him, right? About selling the mine. What, what, what? You're forgetting about Irene because that happened first. What about Irene? At the hotel. Oh, okay. I mean, I wasn't going to say everything. You want to say what happened I mean, to Irene? No, you're just fine. No, go ahead. Say what happened to Irene. Um, Irene is banging a dude at the same hotel that, Tom, uh, that <laughs> Tom is... Right She is. Uh, that Tom is staying at. And um, oh, man. then when uh, they're done, she's saying something to him. Then he pulls out a camera and she gets pissed because she did not agree to that. Um, which is only a lot creepy and gross. So yeah. she's like, yeah, you need to delete that shit. And he's like, here, have some money. She's like, I'm not a whore. And he's and he just throws it at her and goes, you are now. Like, okay, wow. And Irene ain't about that shit. So she chases him out in heels, full nude. And shout out to that actress because... Um, you want to just say the fun fact about it? Yeah, she was asked if she ever, if she regretted doing the whole full nude scene. Cause it's a long scene where she's completely naked the whole time. It's very jarring at first, but then you get used to it. Front to bottom, bot front, to bo front to bottom, <laughs> front to back, bottom to top. There it is. All nude, only heels. Okay. So I guess not top to bottom cause she's got heels on, but no underpants. Knees up. Um, cause it's ankles up. Ankles up. Um, <laughs> she's not wearing socks, ladies and gentlemen, but, she goes chasing after him with a gun 
So when she's holding him at gunpoint and threatening him because he is videotaped her without her consent, someone in a minor suit and mask kills him because apparently they were waiting for him in his truck and then chases her down and there's a wild chase scene. I'm I'm not going to get into full details. It's a really good scene, but yeah, she had been asked if she would regret that. And she said, no, it was actually really fun. I got really good reviews on it. And she said that, um, she just really wanted to make sure that her acting was good enough that the only thing that people are like, the only thing you weren't focusing on was the fact that she was nude. And honestly, partway through the scene, you kind of just forget she's naked. Well, that's what I said. It was like, it was jarring at first when she's running out. Cause she just, everything's jiggling around. You're like, Ugh, what's happening. And you're like, okay, I guess that's just what you're doing. All right then. Yeah. I guess good it's... for you. Fucking. And I know for like me as an art major and pretty much anyone who's ever been an art major. I thought you were about to say you as a naked woman or something. I was like, no. oh God, where are we um, going with this? But also me as a woman, I don't really care about boobs. But, um, okay, sorry, let me rephrase that. Me as a straight woman, I don't care about boobs. There are plenty of ladies who care about boobs. But um, as an art major, you take one life drawing class, nudity ceases to hold meaning for you. Okay, then. What? Ask Nothing. any art major ever. I will get them on the, ho- uh, the horn right now. The hone? The hone. The horbrella? Anywho. So after we see that chaos, uh, we go back to Tom. He's going to find Ben. One of the miners takes him down this little cart. And uh, once he gets down there, a few of the miners trap him in a steel fucking cage and like take the lo- take the thing that the lever that swings down and bend it around. They're like, ha ha, now you're stuck down here. All right, dick. Anyways, Harry Warden comes out and starts massacring some people. No, Harry Warden traps him in there. <sighs> okay, then why don't you tell the story? But I don't remember where you're getting those other people. I'm, I'm, I swear to God, the miners lock him in there because they're mad at him. Why Why would Harry Warden lock him in there and then, like, lo- why wouldn't he just kill him? Tom, he was trying to kill Tom this entire time. Harry Warden shows up. They get into a tussle. He shoves him into the cage and then bends the bar and then goes after the Fine, other guy. Fine, whatever. God, don't get hung up. Then on the-, the other miners show up. Whatever. Fine. So, I don't, I don't even fucking know where I am now. God damn it. Um, I don't know. Just, just. Just finish that off then, because I'm just gonna. I'll just get to the so next thing. So he uh, kills the other guy. The other miners show up, and then even though he's trapped in the room, everyone starts accusing him because they didn't want him down there in the first place. They're all still pretty pissed at him for what happened um, forever ago, and he pretty much yells like, "Hey, I didn't kill those other miners." So, um, but yeah, they he it causes a whole thing between him and the other people um, when he's down in the mine. Yeah, so now he now he's now he's being accused of killing people. He's like, "No, Warden's back, I swear," which doesn't make sense because apparently he's dead. There's this, it's just a whole back. It get the story does get a little convoluted. Mm, convoluted a bit because um it's uh let's see, hold on. It is Tom and then Atkins shows up at the cop. At Tom Atkins, he shows up and it's him and Axel and they tell Tom that Harry's actually dead. And the next scene we see is them going to where Harry has been buried, which is just some like, you know, some random grave out in the middle of the forest. But nothing's there. Like there's no like the body has been like dug out or something. So now we're like, OK, did he actually die? Did they actually what's actually going on? And uh, at this point, Axel's still convinced that Tom like still killed all those people because it, it, she's just being accused of it, even though he was literally locked up. Like, I don't know how they were so mad at him for thinking he killed them because how were you supposed to get in the cage and also bend that bar back? You know, cause they bent something back so he couldn't escape. It's like, yeah, I, I somehow 
did that with like telepathy like what yes um, with his dinosaur uh, yes telepathy. see it all connects uh but so he's trying to get to the bottom of this and he heads to the mine to like do some investigative detail whatever you want to call it and uh at this point he thinks he sees warden off in the distance because he sees like some guy way out in the woods so he, go- he starts to chase him down uh but then he comes across this little shack with the what is it like the heart was, is it, was bo- the box of the box candy of- hearts from uh, Axel and Hobag. Right. There we go. And then right after that, we see Warden who finds Ben murders the shit out of him. And it cuts to Sarah closing up the grocery store with her friend Megan. Now, Megan, again, is the one that acts is Hobag. Is, yeah. Megan is. So Megan and Sarah are best friends. And Megan is cheating or uh, Axel is cheating on Sarah with Megan. So they work at the grocery store together and Warden shows up there and is stalking them now, and they're trying to get away. And as soon as they pretty much get away, Axel shows up out of nowhere. So you get this whole scream vibe from this movie because the second you see the killer and they start running away, you know, here comes Axel, and he's like, oh, I'm here to save the day. And you're like, I'm pretty sure you're the fucking killer guy. I don't know what's going on. And I really like, like, they finally get the window open, and then Megan finally gets out the window, and somehow um, Warden has the time to run back around an entire grocery store <laughs> to get her from the window. And he's like, I'll help you down with murder. murder. So then, then Axel shows up at the last second as uh, Sarah's booking it in the other direction. Um, Megan doesn't make it, um, no. but nobody cares. No, it's fine. Cause she, she, she ho. <laughs> uh, okay. So then we cut back to, cause uh, this entire time, Sarah, uh, Sarah and Axel, they have a kid and there's a babysitter watching the kid. Well, and a cop outside. And a cop outside. Well, it doesn't end well for the babysitter because Warden shows up, murders the shit out of her. And also Tom Atkins, sadly, one of the most, this is my favorite horror moment of this movie is when Tom Atkins gets a fucking pickaxe up through his like jaw and out of his mouth and then has his mandible yanked off. That was, but it was it was kind of 3D or cheesy a little bit. Yeah, the graphics, the graphics were a little were wonky, but that was definitely my favorite kill of the entire movie. Oh my God. Uh, and then right after that, we see Tom obtain some info that I don't want to necessarily reveal because it's kind of you know, integral to the story. And then, uh, oh, excuse me, later on, Axel calls Sarah, who's with Tom, because at this point, it's Tom and Sarah together. They're in the car. And it's this now it turns into this whole he said, but he said again, it's like the Spider-Man. Meme. It. Yeah, it's a Spider-Man meme. They're all pointing at each other because Tom is telling Sarah that Axel's not who she thinks he is because he is cheating on her. And then Axel's like, Tom's not who he says he is. He was in a mental institution for seven years and just broke out. So it's this classic, oh God, who do I fucking believe? And we also, at one point in the movie, get the very stereotypical two people, one person with a gun. I don't know who to shoot. Uh, what do I do? And you're, like, you're just like, oh, why are we taking this route? I don't like this. Yeah. And the only thing I think was, I mean, because that is super stereotypical, but I also thought it was super stupid that there were very many moments where like, when they actually start fighting with each other um, and she's still not sure what, like they've pretty much made it clear who's done it to her. Like there, she has figured it out by herself Yeah, because of your classic slip up situation. She has figured out who did it. And there are many moments where the, the, the two men are fighting and they push each other away and all that. She's like five feet away. Never once does she fire that gun until someone goes running down the mine shaft because apparently you don't want to shoot them at close range. You want to shoot them as they are getting farther away. 
Yeah, I do love that little slip up though because it gives it away. Because at this point, you like I said, you get scream vibes from this because you're not actually sure who the killer is. It's it's literally it's like a, it keeps throwing MacGuffins at you. You're like, it's this person. No, it's this person. But yeah, there is one slip up. I love that slip up because you're like, oh shit, that's who it is. Cool. Uh, I don't really want to say anything more because there, you know, there is a twist. Twist, not the greatest. Okay. Um, oh wait, there's one more thing I wanted to say because after Sarah, Sarah manages to get away from Tom in the car by crashing the car, great uh, kind of bold move because you could have killed yourself. And then she tells Axel where she is and she hunkers down in the shack that we saw at the beginning where Axel and Megan were doing it. And there's a little note from Megan on the box of chocolates that says "Be mine forever." So that whole thing happens before we have the classic, you know, who do I shoot? And then um, yeah, so then we have that. But yeah, the ending a little. Uh, little messy there with the ending it, a little tr- it, confusing. it was like trying to be is trying to be more like better than it was i guess it's trying to have one of those moments at the end that blows your mind but really you're just like what, what the is ambiguous happened? the word i'm looking for ending was kind of ambiguous i wouldn't say it's ambiguous i'd say it was really thin though it wasn't it was reaching yeah, yeah. like they they really wanted to do like m night Shyamalan. oh they're blowing your mind i can't believe that happened but really it was more like huh See, and- is that is this is that what happened? Because or or is this what like they don't explain it clearly? And I guess yeah, it is somewhat ambiguous. Where you're like, yeah. it's not clear enough. Um, you kind of just we had to look it up to get a clear understanding. Well, of once I look, yeah, once I looked it up to see what actually happened, it really made sense of how they explained it. So I was like, okay, it's just how they it's how they did it on screen that was just really tacky. And you're like, oh, I really like what you did, but you didn't. They didn't nail it, but nonetheless. A lot of good gore. I think it played off the first one very well by keeping the same beats from the original, but also kind of going a different way because the killer is a different person in the original. So they kind of tried to do something different. Didn't really work perfectly, but I, I, I did enjoy it. It is definitely a fun ride. And it's a lot of good practical gore besides the stuff that they did for the 3D effects. So. Correct. Uh, let's get to the body count because there's a lot. It, it's really hard to... Like bodies that aren't killed on screen, it's kind of hard. So I had to look some of this up, but it's around 30. Uh, about 10 of them are on screen, and about 15 of them were discovered or killed off screen, or, you know, we don't actually see Harry murder them. And then also the five minors that were killed in the beginning, not, you know, adolescents, minors, you know, people that mine. Uh, so around 30 total people. Great body count. Love that shit. And like I said, specific horror moment for me was the Tom Atkins death. Fucking brutal. Loved it. Is there any specific one that you liked? Um, in the beginning, um, Warden, he uh, shovels a girl right in the mouth. Oh, yeah. Um, and then like the top half of her head slides down the shovel. And that was pretty special. Yeah, because like her uh, everything from the jaw down just falls. Yeah, and her head just like on the blood kind of slides forward. Okay, and then I do like the pickaxe to the eye. Cause oh, the- that it that, was a very cheesy 3D, but yeah, it was a fun idea. But it was cool because he came from the back of the head. The eye popped out on the end of the uh, pickaxe. So that was pretty sweet. Uh, some trivia here. We've got, there was a flyer on the wall in the background of one of the scenes uh, that said Valentine's Day was Saturday, February 14th. So that would mean the previous day was Friday the 13th. Also funny because, again, Jason yeah. Padalecki. whatever. Padalecki. Yeah, Padalecki. Uh, I already said that one about the real D uh, first R-rated film. Uh, and this was actually made into a haunted house at Universal's Halloween Horror Nights in Hollywood. I didn't know this because I looked up, when I saw that bit of trivia, I was like, no fucking way. And I looked it up. 
and it said Hollywood. Oh, okay, that makes sense because I, I was like, I, that was never a thing in Orlando. Uh, let's see. There was also an episode of Supernatural titled My Bloody Valentine, which is pretty cool. What happened? What, what, what is she, what? She's, she's freaking out. She's got her duck in there. Oh, God. We got, we got to finish this up. We have a sickness with our dog. It is a duck that she cannot stop whipping around. It, well, it's also tattered and completely destroyed. It's, it's basically one, like, rip away trash. from dying. And she, she it's dangerous because she will bite us in the hand while she's trying to play. You're just like me. Because there's no room to grab it because it is a shred of fabric. Focus. Yeah. Anyway. Last thing here. Uh, Jamie King would later star. Uh, Jamie King was Sarah. She would later star in another 80, a remake of an 80s slasher movie, 2012 Silent Night, which is a remake of the 1984 Silent Night, Deadly Night. We need to watch that next Christmas. Yes. And the ratings on IMDb, 5.4 and Letterboxd, 2.4. So a lot more love. Actually, Marginally no. different. Marginally different. Yeah. I gave it a 3.5. Again, this was also going to get a 4 until they completely biffed that ending. Uh, yeah. What about you? Oh, uh, ratings for both. You didn't say. Three. Three for both? Yeah, I'm going to go three for both. Obviously, our recommendation of the week is Tammy and the T-Rex. Absolutely. Watch that. I like My Bloody Valentine more because it's... it's it actually makes sense for the most part besides the ending. Uh, but no, the recommendation is absolutely 100 billion percent. Everybody should see Tammy that. and the T-Rex. My God, what a 90s cheese fest that was. So yeah. uh, watch both. But if you, uh, yeah, if you're going to pick one or the other, Tammy and the T-Rex. So uh, I think you won last time. So I will read you the questions. We can just play it to maybe three if you want. We don't have to go all the way to five. We can go to five if you want. Okay. Well, we're starting off with a pretty easy one here. Because I think the answer is in the room. Oh, no, the answer is not in the room. Good. I hid that in the closet. Weird. What? What brand of doll did Charles Lee Ray possess in the Child's Play movies? A good guy doll? Yep. That is one point for you. No, I had the NECA figurine that I... Oh, okay. I was like, it's in the room somewhere. No, I hid it. Good. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Merry Chrysler. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. Name the movie. Was that a tagline? Yeah. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. Nightmare on Elm Street? Yeah. Boom! One to one. All right. Off to a solid start We're here. doing a thing. Doing this. All right. What 2018 uh, film features a family who lives in silence while hiding from creatures who hunt by sound? A Quiet Place? Fucking God. The Shining. Yeah. All right. You mean they just ate each other up? Sorry. My favorite line from that entire fucking movie. What legendary funny man duo encounters all kinds of classic monsters in their Meet the Monsters movie? Uh, Abbott and Costello? Nice! Fucking shit! Right on! Two to two! What? This never happens. Wow, okay. Jesus. All right, all right. Like softball in these answers. What horror television series was created by Ryan Murphy, who also created the TV series Glee? American That's... Horror Story. Whoa! Three. I actually, I knew that he did Glee, too, because every time I read that, I go... Glee. That's a change of pace. Wow, three to two. Let's keep it up. God help you if we don't get this. Oh, God, I don't like it. What is the name of the possessed doll in the 2013 movie, The Conjuring? Annabelle. Yeah. <laughs> three to three. Holy shit. Blowing through this these questions today, man. Wow. I think, I think you're going to get this because... I think you tried to guess this last time you played trivia. A group of scientists band together to save the world from a horde of fruit in what 1988 movie? Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Four to three. Oh, my God. We we might be done in the next 30 seconds here. What insects are closely associated with the urban legend of Candyman? 
Bees. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> this is crazy. Holy shit. Four to four. Um all right. I, I don't know. In what or what 2002 movie sequel directed by Guillermo Guillermo del Toro? Guillermo del Toro. I'm just gonna say del Toro featured Wesley Snipes as a half man, half vampire daywalker. Blade two. Fuck off! Wow. I win. Wow. Do you want to see if you also win? Yeah. Fuck it. We can just call it a tie. What horror film was Eli Roth's directorial debut? Ooh. I actually forgot he made this. So I want to say Hostile. Cabin Fever. Oh, I still win! Damn it! What? Damn it! I thought. What year was that? I don't. I don't know. Have you seen the text on these questions? Oh, they they usually say that. Oh man, I really thought it was hostile. I gotta look this up. I totally forgot. I should have taken the fucking hint when you say I forgot he directed this. I knew he did Cabin Fever. What? Not Sea Life. I mean, to be fair, I also forgot he directed that. So. Oh, I really am not keeping shit. up with his directorial uh, whatevers. Wow. Okay. Uh, so we have, let me go to director here. He's only directed 17 things. So let's go here. Uh, oh, wow. So we have Cabin Fever 2002, The Rotten Fruit in 2000. Oh, that's a five minute thing. Okay. So Hostel was a second. Damn it. That was 2005. I thought Cabin Fever was after Hostel. I'll look in a second. All right. Well, you win again. God damn I do it. it. I, I, was, I was so excited. That was that was the quickest round I think we've ever had. It's a good game, though. That was a really good game. We're um, very smart people. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I have my moments. You're, you're, I, you're typically smarter most of the times. So I can't even get out that sentence, so that should speak. That, that should yeah, that says something, all right. Heard a fleur de blur. You're um, pretty. Yeah. I guess that's what I have going for me. I don't know what I was gonna say now. You you complimented me and my my heart skipped a beat. I just don't even know what to do. <laughs> um, uh, oh yes, uh, tune in next week as me and you are doing a fun topic. I always say this every week. Like tune in next week. We're doing something fun. Should I like? Should I try and like, give a hint? Should I start doing like hints? Maybe not. Giving... No. Why not? Because I don't wanna. Well, I can tell you this. It's gonna be a groovy episode. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay. Let that sink in. So. Uh, oh. Oh, now, I know now you okay. know it. It's going to be a fun one, too. I already so. know what I'm picking. Well, it's already been picked. I know. That's how I know. <laughs> I th- well, you said you know what you're picking like you haven't picked yet and you know what you're going oh, to what pick. What I thought was funny was that you already knew what I was going to pick oh, because yeah. you told oh, me this yeah. topic. And I said, oh, this movie. And you're like... And you're like, yeah, I already was going to, I assumed as soon as I saw it that you were going to do that. And yeah. absolutely, because that movie is great. I told you about it. And I was like, you're going to pick this, right? You're like, how did you know? I was like, you're my, you're my wife, dude. I know. I can smell the chapstick. And I haven't seen this one either. Uh, so I'm very excited. But uh, yes, tune in next week. I hope you enjoyed our, our second annual, if you want to call it, Valentine's Day special. We'll be back next year. With movies that probably aren't about Valentine's Day because I'm running out of uh, I'm running out of those because I'll did. take care of it. Don't worry, guys. I got oh, you. Whoa! You heard it. You heard it here. Uh, hit us up on the social meds. You can uh, find us on the Slasher app, Facebook of like the horror Facebook of horror. I don't know. It's like Facebook, but like horror, and, or I guess it's more like Instagram. Find us there, Frightmares Podcast. You can find us at Instagram as well at Frightmares Podcast. Uh, Facebook at Just Frightmares. Look for the Skull and Headphones. That is our logo. And then you can find us on Twitter. I don't even know why I bother posting shit anymore at Frightmares underscore pod. And lastly, email spooky at Outlook.com. Yes. Also, 
please, if you ever see anyone sharing any of our posts without crediting us, call those motherfuckers out. Yeah, I am. But like uh, in a really like, no, just call them out. Call them out because um, we do a lot of work here to make sure that we, you know, give people credit and we are always making sure that people get recognized and it would be much appreciated if people didn't steal our shit. We, we like to have a lot of integrity on here. So, well, I try, you know, I try to post as much original content as I can and make stuff that people aren't doing. You know, I do my best, but of course I, there's times where I share things or I will save a photo from like fright rags and I'll, you know, cause sometimes I don't like to share. I like to save the photo and, you know, shout them out and say, you know, go to fright rags shop here and do but stuff like that. Name them specifically. Yeah, I, named, important. I named them specifically, but yeah, we had an instance the, uh, like the other day where I posted, uh, I think that was uh, on Tuesday. Yeah, I, I actually posted a funny story. Actually, it was Chloe, Gra- Chloe Grace, Grace Moritz. Moritz. It was her birthday. It's actually her birthday while we're, on the day we're recording this. But I posted it like three days early uh, on accident. Someone was like, "Isn't her birthday on the 10th? So I, I edited the post on Facebook to say "Happy Early Birthday." Um, so it was a picture. You know, if you follow us on Facebook, you know what I do. I post a picture of their face, and then I pick five movies and make it a square photo, and. People, that shit blew up. People love that, and it got shared. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for that. It got. I did not expect that one of all the ones I've done to blow up, and uh, so it got shared around a bunch. And I was scrolling down, and I saw the picture and the image. I was like, "Oh, cool. Oh, is that my post? Oh, no. I don't want to name any names because I don't. I'm not gonna be that guy. But someone had not only taken the photo, and my watermark is right there. It's clear as day. They took the photo. They also copied my text verbatim, like they literally copied and pasted it to their page. Didn't bother sharing. Like, so what you did is so much more work than just hitting the share button. And then I would have gotten credit. And then I also would have gotten that reach. Like my page reach was like 50,000 for that post. They got 600 likes on it. They got like a few hundred shares. Like that would have been all good for like traffic for our page. That didn't happen because these people had to take it for themselves and not even give me credit. Not say thanks for like, if they would have at least said, you know, credit to Frightmares. I don't care if you copy and pay, whatever, but like, you don't even give me credit. My watermark's right there. That's not, uh, so I, it just drives me crazy when I go out of my way to make sure I credit people where credit is due. And if I don't have someone to credit, I'll say, you know, not sure who did this or credit unknown. I will at least say like, I don't know where I found this. Like just, I saw it. Someone but hey, sh- if someone said this is mine, like, and they could show that it was theirs, not just someone going, oh no, it's mine. I, had two- I mean, like if you'd be like, hey, this is where I originally posted that. We'd always give credit. We are yeah. always very good about giving credit, trying to keep our content original or share other people's content when necessary. But we always give people the credit where it's due. And that's important to us. And also, we do appreciate everybody who did, in fact, um, comment two people, on, yeah. <laughs> on that post. Thank at, you, Brandon Kruger and uh, Oscar, OP Garza. Yes. Thank, thank you. you both. We appreciate that because you know sometimes people be shifty it was just so funny it's brandon comedy he's like can you please give frightmares the credit for this and i was like and i posted i was like thank you like with like with like three black hearts and he was like yeah that's your that's your watermark right there i can see it clear as day i was like oh my god thank you you are a fucking just such a perfect soul um <laughs> but there, there's an example of real quick and then we'll, we'll wrap this up the one more example i had is there was uh, all those valentine's day horror things i shared someone had posted those but I, I didn't, it wasn't the original creator. So I saved all of them and then I reposted them and I could see the watermark that said FX addicts 
FX Addict Studio. So I went to their page, liked them on all social media platforms, and then when I posted them, I said, credit at the bottom to FX. I was like, thanks, FX Studios. Here, send a spooky, you know, spooky Valentine to your, you know, your, your significant exactly. other. Exactly, like, that's what you should be doing. Anytime I find a, a, something that's not posted by the original user, if there's a watermark or if there's an at, I will find you, I will tag you, and I will give you credit because that's how this horror community should work, people. We'll be stealing we stuff. We all grow together. Man, I try to be so just like good I and know. like, you know what I mean? And then I just get like, if some, like this you happened have before. a lot of integrity. People just like take my shit. It's like, it's just my watermark right there. So I'm going to start, them, it's fine. I'm going to start using watermarks that actually have Frightmares podcast. So that way you can be like, oh, cool. Ah, you're stealing shit. Ah, bad you. Bad, terrible. Don't, don't do that. So whatever. It's fine. Yep. Look out for the upgraded, much larger logo. <laughs> I'm definitely, I have to do that. I'm going to do that at some point. But anyways, enough of that. I'm done talking for the day. Yeah, I doubt it. Wow. I'm not on the podcast, so she's about to fight. Anyway, so until next week, guys. Stay tuned and stay spooky. You did it. Yeah. Bye, everybody. Bye. Kermit the Frog. Mm-hmm.